John Simpson's book is Moscow Midnight, and John has faced many fearsome interrogations <laughs> over the decades. Uh, but this is the one that he fears the most. This is the books of the year Q and A. Well, you may understand the answers. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So. John, what was the last book that you... It's an interestingly phrased question because it's the two reallys, which mean that you, you can't just like it a bit. But what was the last book you really, really enjoyed? I wish it wasn't so such a heavy and kind of boring-sounding answer. The last book I really, really enjoyed, I only finished it about a couple of weeks ago, was Max Hastings' book about Vietnam. Now, you know, what's to what's to enjoy about reading the book a book about Vietnam? Well, nothing, of course. Horrible, horrible business. But um the exciting thing was that Max, who's a, who's a mate of mine, um, was there as a journalist all the way through, right from the early days right through until they were taking off in from helicopters uh, on the roof of the American embassy. And um, he really understands it and he really has spoken to hundreds, perhaps even more, uh, more than that, maybe thousands of people, American uh, soldiers, Vietnamese soldiers, Vietnamese who were in the Viet Cong and everybody right across the the, the whole spectrum. And I, you know, enjoyed, I didn't close it and think, oh, wonderful, I feel so much better having finished <laughs> it. What I did feel was I really now understood that that awful war, why it happened, and what it was all about. And uh, I don't think there's any more you could ask for from a book. And is it, just as a follow-up question, which is strictly not allowed, but <laughs> is, it the, is it the kind of book that politicians should read in terms of the unintended consequences of a conflict which you launch into and maybe with the best intentions, but you never quite know what gene is going to come out of the book? Absolutely. I mean, I think it, I'd go further than that, actually, Simon. I'd say it's a kind of book every single politician ought to read because it it shows the consequences of what you say and what you do you can think that oh this will only just be for a moment it won't really matter nobody will notice whatever it is and you find yourself six miles deeper in the mud as a result and that's exactly what happened with every american politician who got involved with vietnam it's a real object lesson of how not to do it and the disasters that that follow but Having said that, if you're going to write a book about awful things and awful disasters, then um, you might as well write it in such a way that everybody understands from now on how it happened and what sort of thing to avoid in future. Um, I'm astounded by the number of authors we've had on uh, this podcast who say that they weren't read to as children. But is there a book you remember being read to you as a child? Yes. My my dad was a, 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 a weird uh, character in many, many respects. And... Um, I I I still love him dearly and I still think about him all the time even though he died in 1980 and um it was really that connection between him and me uh, as a, as a kid he brought me up on his own which was terribly rare my my mother couldn't take him anymore and I don't blame her and she ran off the, when I was 7 and um he brought me up for the rest of the time 
And uh, crazy though he was, he was very, very loving. And one of the things, he was a, he was a, 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 a failed, not a failed actor, but a, he wished he had been an actor. And um, so when he read me, for instance, Treasure Island, which was the one book I do remember very strongly, he would throw himself into oh. it, you know, with all the accents and all the, the blood-curdling <laughs> stuff. I can quote you big chunks out of it from... from uh, what what he read and um it made a huge impression on me i was too young i was about 7 or something this is much too young to be reading about pirates eviscerating people but uh, and cannibals eating them and so on but i loved it i loved every moment of it uh, john how long do you give a book um do you always finish it? Do you have maybe a 50-page limit, 100-page limit? Is it not that defined before you give up? I've got... Uh, there are two kind of pressures working on me. One is that I um, uh, studied English as a, as a student, and that gives you a kind of feeling that you've really, really got to finish the damn thing. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I've got a, a sort of a very uh, kind of short attention span. And... If so, I I feel guilty when I give a book up. Um, I ought to read. I know I ought to read right the way through. If I open page one, I ought to be still there on page four hundred and ninety-seven. And when I'm not, I feel bad about it, and I feel I've done the done the the author down. But um, at the same time, I mean, I do think authors have got to be interesting, and and if you if they're not then, you know, they should be open to punishment. <laughs> I'm going to have to push you to answer the question, though. No, don't ask me any questions. <laughs> no, what I mean is, would it be a chapter, would, would it be a couple of chapters before you know oh, instinctively? I see. Oh, I thought you were going to say, you know, what about the books you write? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Um, uh, A couple of chapters. No, it isn't like that. Actually, what does happen is that I'm I'm reading a book and then I sometimes I go away, go abroad or something at short notice or whatever, and... It, the real question is not how much I've read of it, but when I come back, can I face picking it up again? Am I interested enough mm. to want to read some more, or or can I not quite be bothered? And that's the, that's often, I'm afraid, the case. Is there a novel that you'd love to step inside of? There is. Um, it, it, this is partly, though, because I was a, a literature student and it's a book that I don't suppose one in a hundred people would know or, or read nowadays. But it was a book written in, 80, in 1760-something or another by a man called Lawrence Stern, Tristram Shandy. Mm. Yeah, you, you, of you course, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I've modelled a lot of the stuff that I've uh, written over the over the years on that mad kind of uh, style of of kind of reaching out, and grabbing you by the lapels, and shaking you, you know, and saying, "You've got to listen to this, you idiot." And <laughs> I, I, I love all that. I mean, he was a sort of Gonzo journalist uh, of uh, you know two hundred years before his time, and um, I. I I, I love Tristram Shandy. And the other great thing about it, it goes back to this question about how long do you read. It's it's um, 
that it doesn't matter how much you read of it, how little you read of it, which book, which uh, part of the book you read, which chapter, and the, it, none of it makes sense anyway. So, and it's all fun. So you, you, I just take it with me often when I when I travel to difficult places. I sort of hike it out, read a few pages, fall asleep, and I feel all the better for it. I don't know if you read political memoirs or political books at all, John, but can you mention one that you've particularly enjoyed or hate it? I don't know. Is there one that sticks in your memory? I don't read... Uh, well, I'll tell you what I do do. I I get the the books of people that I sort of kind of know a bit, like Tony Blair and stuff like that. I look myself up in the index. <laughs> um, actually, a better example is really Alistair Campbell, who said, you know, quite absolutely disgusting things about me um, and about my reporting from, particularly actually from um, Serbia in 1991 and uh, 1999 when the when NATO was bombing it for some reason. Something to do, as far as I remember, something to do with Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton needing a bit of uh, of um, uh, distraction from his domestic problems. So when off bomb Serbia, I was in Belgrade, the capital, and uh, had a hard time of it. And um, you know, said some of the things that were facts, like um, it wasn't working, the bombing wasn't doing any anything that that but Tony Blair and his mates wanted it to. Anyway, I came in for a sort of Alistair Campbell drubbing. I think I came out of it just marginally ahead, and I, because all the all the journalists supported me as they always do with any journalist, no matter how bad who's in trouble, you know, I got all, loads of awards and <laughs> wonderful things for my incredible. I, actually, I knew what it was. They were they were just saying, "Yeah, we're on your side against Alistair Campbell." So I, so the answer is, I don't read that kind of rubbish. I just read the index because none of it's true anyway. I mean, it is really pretty all self serving tosh. Um, and the one I, I read, but I'm not saying it's not self-serving tosh, is a book by um, Saddam Hussein. It wasn't his memoirs, actually. It was a book about uh, some mystical king of Iraq in the distant past who falls in love with a gorgeous maiden and, uh, oh, I can't remember. I mean, it, 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 it's tosh, but it is, um, it's great fun to read. You've read a lot of tosh then. <laughs> I've, I've read, I read tosh. I mean, I quite like tosh, actually. Good. Nothing, nothing wrong with a bit of tosh. Um, you've been in some pretty unpleasant parts of the world, John. Have you ever had a book confiscated on your travels? Yes, I've had various books confiscated. China, um, um, just just any book in English seemed to upset them. Uh, this was some time ago. This was in the 80s. And uh, Tiananmen Square was, uh, was just about to boil up. Um, and uh, Iraq, uh, going into Saddam Hussein's Iraq, I had uh, yeah, I had loads of uh, loads of, but they used to take them off you. I think on the expectation that you would kind of buy them back, you know, you bribe them to give. But since uh, I mostly um, just picked them up at uh, at the at the airport on the way out, they they, they could have them as far as I was concerned. Uh, whose books would you recommend to someone hoping to become a journalist? 
Um, you mean apart from mine? <laughs> I, let's uh, assume that we're giving well, them your back catalogue. I have to say, one of your one of your old um, unreliable sources is the one that I use when people ask me for a book about journalism. Really? I yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, I, I that's that You're not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. No, I love that book. It's very well, that's very, very, very nice of you. I was joking, actually. Um, I would say if you, uh, um, if if you, there was somebody, especially a woman. Uh, who wanted to be a journalist, a young woman, I would say that uh, the uh, new book by Lindsay Hilsom about Mari Colvin, the, the the Sunday Times journalist who got killed in Syria, is is absolutely excellent. I mean, it's got it's kind of unvarnished. You know, somebody said to me just just before I came here, somebody said, "Oh, I've got a." Uh, a daughter really wants to get into journalism and she wants to be a foreign correspondent. I thought, A, that it's a job that's dying, if not dead, um, because no organisation seems to have any money left and no news organisation seems to have any money left to to send correspondents around the place and we're expensive items, you know. And and two, it's it's not actually much. Well, it is fun, but it's not. Um, it's very destructive. I mean, I've lost a, you know, a, a wrecked a marriage over over being a foreign correspondent. Large numbers of other relationships. I've lost track of family members because I'm never there. People get sick of me because I don't go to 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 follow up invitations and stuff. Um, you know, do you really recommend that to somebody? I think it'd probably be better to be a um, a chartered accountant. <laughs> or not. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement of the art of journalism. Um, I realise this could be a long list, but which is there a book that you wish you'd written? Oh, there's Whether because you admire books. it so much? When I read, when I, I read... Actually, a little, let, let me uh, get to, down to the kind of... Uh, the, the level that I ought to be operating on anyway. I, I love thrillers. I love old thrillers. I mean, I, I love the start of the the whole genre of, of thriller writing, which was in the 1890s, really, and right through to, to now. I suppose the people that I really like most are people like Len Dayton and so on. I mean, obviously, I'm revealing my age, but when I was 21 or 22, uh, Len Dayton was just coming out with these absolutely brilliant, groundbreaking books, you know, The Ipcrest File and The Billion Dollar Brain and uh, all the rest of them. And that's what I I would really like to do. But because I am a, a, a literature student, I'm, I find it hard to... Uh, uh, to admit this, because I feel it ought to be something like, you know, Graham Greene or, or something like that. But actually, Len Dayton. Thrillers are uh, a much overlooked genre, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, when was the last time you used a public library? I'm feeling a bit guilty uh, even thinking about public libraries because I've campaigned for 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 them uh, in the past, written angry letters to the newspapers and so on. But I haven't actually been in one for a bit. Um uh, but partly because they, they they seem to be closing down at quite a, a, a quite a, a rate. I belong to um, private libraries, not of course at, at all the same thing. But I belong to one called the London Library, which is absolutely fantastic, and I get myself lost in the in the millions and millions of books there, and just sort of wandering around, taking books off the shelf at random when there's a title that that attracts my attention. But 
public libraries of the kind that I that were around when I grew up, or that I first used to sit there, sit on the floors of when I was seven or eight years old, reading reading kids' books. Um, that I, I'm afraid I haven't been into one for ages, and I, that I feel really bad even admitting it. I ought to lie to you and say <laughs> no, I go in every week. <laughs> Uh, John Simpson's new thriller is called Moscow Midnight, and if you want to hear our conversation with John, you can look it up. It's available as part of our back catalogue. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 